Welcome to summer, babes. Uh, this is Mia Davis. And Sam Webster. We are bringing to you our Femme Faisant podcast. This episode will be about uh, summer fashions as well as our other regular topics. Uh, so we have beauty, fashion, sex positive, body image, dating, advice, and creative projects, and self-positive messages, as well as feminist news. Yes. Well, shall we get started? Yes. Okay. So, so uh, in Beauty, Wonder Woman came out. We talked about that a little bit last episode. Yep. And now, as predicted, there are Wonder Woman compact and brushes that are available to pre-order through Luxie Beauty. Which is an amazing brush brand. Um, well, actually, I think they have other products too, but their brushes are awesome. I get so excited when I get them in my Ipsy bags. Oh, really? Yes. I have not used Luxie. Oh, they are. So, oh, they're just so soft. They're like, and they're just pretty. They're pretty brushes. Yeah, like, these I ones love, look pretty. I love brushes that are pretty. Like, I mean, you're just putting stuff on your face, but man. <laughs> It, it's the style. It's the presentation. Yeah. yeah. I'm a package girl. Like, <laughs> I, I, that, well, that sounded dirtier than I meant. Um, but, yeah, I like my packages too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm definitely, I do judge things by their package. So, Luxie's doing a really, like, they did a phenomenal job, like, actually getting, like, the spirit of Wonder Woman in these. And, like, that oh my compact. Gosh, that compact is phenomenal the compact for you listeners we need to link this on the blog yeah i'll put it on the um, blog it is wonder woman's shield so even though it's this circular small you know it's probably two and a half inches wide diameter yeah um the the detail on it is is magnificent awesome. it's got a very uh art deco sort yeah, of yeah it's got a very like art gilded. deco and it's just it looks like it would weigh like a thousand pounds, but I'm sure it's like right. really lightweight. It's probably but, lightweight oh aluminum, but it's carved. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Um, and then the brushes to me aren't aren't quite as impactful, but they're no. But what can you do? They're really? still they're still just like they look like you could hold them in your hand as opposed to other brushes that sort of go a little kitschier. Yeah, and Luxie tends to have like really nice. Um, their their handles are really smooth and rounded off at the end, so yeah. it, it just kind of it fits in your hand and it just feels comfortable using them. Plus, the quality of the fibers are they're just like it's like butter, like going on. <laughs> oh, I love them. Awesome. So we will put that on our blog for you uh, listeners to follow along, um, and then. There's this new nail color line for Muslim women yes. that Orly put out. You guys know Orly. Everybody, Everybody knows Anybody Orly. who's ever painted their nails. Yeah. They know Orly. Oh. So they they came out with this Halal-friendly nail polish. It's good for Muslim uh, women that practice wudu. Yeah. So that that process is um, every day they need to have water touch every part of their body. Yeah, every time they pray, they have to like basically have the water touch their body. And regular nail polish will not let the water 
permeate. So, therefore, they have to take their nail polish off. Yeah, or just not wear it. Or just not wear it. Um, So, there are a lot of women who, they want to wear nail polish. So, they have to, you know, they put on their polish. They go to do prayer. They have to take the polish off. Then, if they want to put it back on, they have to put it back on. And then, it's just like a a never-ending cycle of having to take off your nail polish, put the nail polish back on. But they've come up with a formula that basically makes the nail polish permeable. Mm-hmm. So then they don't have to worry about the back and forth of yeah. putting it on, taking it off. And they are pretty colors. Yeah, it's it's normal. I mean, it's not like it's like relinquished to just like, oh, you get brown and pink and red. That's all. Like yeah. they have like really pretty, interesting colors and like iridescent finishes and I read about it on Vogue and so the one that they have um, on their model for this article is like an iridescent seafoam green yeah it's very mermaid like (laughs) it is very mermaid like that's probably why I was drawn to it yes (laughs) Uh, and then they have a bright red called Muslim Girl Fire yeah and a metallic copper called what the Fatima (laughs) so like all of their names are just you know very um Kind of, it's culture. Yeah, it's uh, enforcement. Yeah, or what do I want to say? It's embracing the culture. Yes, and it's also a little bit kitschy and you know fun, and it's trying to just it's mainstreaming really yes. too because yeah. Orly is a major mainstream yeah. brand. So, and know. I'm sure a lot of people, whenever they saw that this line was coming out that was um, halal friendly, they were like, well. Why can't they just wear regular, like, this is actually teaching people. Like, I didn't know, honestly. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, So, like, it's nice because it's also teaching everyone about a different culture and teaching them something that they may never have known. Um, So, it's eye-opening as well. And not just, oh, look at my pretty fingernails, you know. Right. Um, And there is a backlash in the Muslim female community of, really? of women that are just saying, no, we don't wear nail polish at all. So we don't need this product, you know, and is it's sort of, to me, it's shaming the Muslim women that do care more about cosmetics. It, and there's nothing wrong with that to no. me. It, I mean, you have that basically with pretty much any religion though, because I mean, you have the Christians that think that um, all women should wear, you know, ankle length skirts right. and, you know, they shouldn't, you know, put on too much makeup or do their hair too fancy, draw too much attention to themselves. they they should be in the background. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's about putting your own, your own ideals onto somebody else, like trying to instill them on, into everybody else. And that's just not cool. Like. If that's how you feel, great. That you do you, but let other people, especially because the times change, right? Constantly. And the, uh, that's what I was gonna say. This is so, it's resistant to change, to to hold that stance. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to wear it. No, just move on. Just realize that it is 2017. Things are completely different from well. Things should be completely different <laughs> from the 1950s. <laughs> Or, or, you know, earlier, but, um, but yeah, it's Don't just... poo-poo on the party. Mm-mm. No poo-pooing. We don't like poo-pooing. No. But we I like... love saying poo-poo on the 
I love saying that. <laughs> what we do like is glitter. Oh, yes. So, did you see the Milk Makeup Glitter Highlighter? Yes. And Milk Makeup is, that's a brand that I have yet to try. I've only tried the samples at, um, what's that store? Urban Outfitters. Oh, well, I never go to Urban Outfitters, so... <laughs> Um, but I would love to actually, I've been reading about milk for probably about, maybe about six months to a year now. Yeah. But they, like everybody went like nuts over their blur stick, which this is basically like, it's, it looks like the blur stick, but it's a highlighter. Um. It creates a, and it, an iridescent sheen of glitter over top of the makeup yeah. that you're already wearing. So it's like micro glitter. So it's not like it's you have like shimmer. huge chunks of glitter all yeah. over your face. But um, yeah, they do have like the little, it's got like the micro glitter and just kind of gives you like an iridescent like Lisa Frank unicorn sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Which everybody knows unicorns are like the big thing now. So Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at their... Um, their milk magic ad for that's got the models on it yeah and you, you don't even really see glitter you just no it's just like this nice glow yeah and this is they're doing this for the pride community yeah it's for the um lgbt uh center in a community center in new york city um proceeds are i think it's half of the proceeds are going to them um, you know, I, honestly, I don't I'm know. not sure what the percentage is, but I know that a good chunk of the proceeds are going to them, and they actually used actual people from the center in the campaign. Um, yeah. So all these models here are just your um, everyday challenging average. your gender norms. Yes. And they're everyday average people from New York City. No models. Well, they're they not might models. Be. I don't think they are. They're beautiful, I tell you that much. Well, there are people every day that are, I mean, I'm just like, <sighs> at how, you know, like, um, like amazing they look. And they're just like, mm -hmm. normal. Well, yeah, I would never model. I don't, I, I'm not good enough to be a model. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, uh, this, I like that their ads feature men and women. Yeah. But they're not identifying necessarily as their yeah, you've got, respective masculine and feminine. Yeah, and you've got some people who probably are non-conforming to gender role. I mean, I, I believe like that. She she would... Um, We're looking at it's somebody a little, that's uh, androgynous, I would yeah, say. Yeah, very androgynous. Yeah. So um, one look looks feminine and one looks one look looks masculine. Yeah. And there's another one. Is it this one? Oh, no, that's feminine. Well, some um, of them kind of actually, in the campaign, it looks like some of them kind of kind of go back and forth a little bit. Yeah. There's a little bit of like a Depends transformation. On going, probably. But it's just, it's really neat to see. I mean, I know there's been a lot of like males that are coming into um, the makeup scene as far as um, makeup artistry and just actually being spokespeople for large makeup brands. Um, but it's it's still nice to see the more non-conforming. Right. 
So not just necessarily just being a guy that wears makeup, but just being somebody who doesn't necessarily subscribe to gen- a specific gender role. Yeah. Like that's and something... And you can stick with one brand. Yeah. Whether you're doing day makeup, night makeup, or wearing your eyeliner smudged yeah. or whatever. Because they have this one model wearing eyeliner that's doing a cat eye and the other one that's got like a goth, yeah. you know, full outline. So if you're paying attention to your cosmetic ads, that's what you're looking for. You want the versatility yeah, in, and, in the look that your makeup is going to provide for you. You don't right. want to buy 30 eyeliners. Yeah. Like, oh, this is my nighttime mascara. This is my right. afternoon mascara. And this is my morning mascara. Like, what? No. No. That's, no. No. Not made of money around here. So, <laughs> no. Good job for you, milk makeup. I might need to get some... Ir- Milk makeup iridescent glitter. Yes. Talking about um, makeup brands that are breaking out of mainstream ideals. Uh, I'm trying desperately trying to segue into this one. Lip Slut, which I hadn't heard of. I had never heard of either. <laughs> Lip which Slut appar- is a new brand. Yeah, it's apparently um, just some college yeah. girl that yeah. started it. Which, why did... <sighs> Why did I not do any of this stuff in college? I know. I was too busy, like, chasing boys or something. I don't know what I was busy doing. <laughs> so Lip Slut made a lipstick called Fuck Trump. Yes. <laughs> Bold statement. Right yes. out the gate. Half of the profits are going to women's charities. <laughs> which is it. wonderful. Um, which it has gotten some blowback because people are like, why do you need to make something? Why, why just make it more commentary about Trump? Uh, you're just putting his name out there even more. But it's like, still, just it let let the girl have her form of resistance, and this is her form of resistance. Like it's, and and I honestly think it's not only like kind of kitschy, but like the the oh. con- the controversy or the the backlash really that I've heard is that people of other skin tones want more colors. They're saying that this fuck Trump color, which is a pale pink, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, doesn't go well on black African-American skin or or Asian skin. I can understand wanting to expand the color base. I could too, but I mean, this is this girl's first venture into it. Um, You know, there is always trial and error and you have to like learn. But I think honestly, I think she did a good job of picking the shade because I actually think that that is kind of of all skin tone. Um, it's probably the best job she could do. Yeah, because I mean, it's really, if she's going to come up with one color. Yeah, because it, to go it's kind of like a dusty pink, like rose color, um, and generally, like I know I've seen basically that color on different um like swatches on different skin tones before and i think that it it works well with pretty much any skin tone i know i could wear it i can i know other people who have darker complexions that would look awesome in it i know people who are paler that would look awesome in it because it's it's one of those colors that's it's got a little pop of color but it's still neutral enough Mm -hmm. it is pretty neutral that it it doesn't have a 
too much of an orange hue yeah. or too much of a yellow hue. Those are kind of the things that I try to stay away. Yeah, it kind of has from. that bluish undertone, so it kind of works well with pretty much any mm -hmm. um, complexion. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see where. Of course, when women start looking at lipsticks and you know different makeups, they're always like, "Oh, that would never look good on my skin." And then they might try it, and it looks amazing. Like you just. Well, I think it's a good sign that people are tweeting her and asking for other colors. That means they're yeah. interested, and that they would support it. And hey, we may have four years where she can expand the line. That's right. So. <laughs> That's right, and I hope she does. Her name is Katie Sonis. Yes. So um, you can find it um, on lipslut.com. Yes. And I will put a link to that on the blog. <laughs> Along with that lovely picture of Trump wearing lipstick. Yeah, she doesn't have any model... I mean, you can you can tell that she's not putting a lot of money into this, yeah. Which is which is a good sign to me because more money should go to the actual product, right? And then and half see, the that pro was profits, like she's saying, goes uh, if she were to, to spend a, a lot of money on modeling ads or whatever, she wouldn't be able to give to the charities exactly, exactly. because all of the money would have to go into the product. And I think a lot of people too were concerned about the fact that she is basically going into like consumerism and like ugh, just basically buying into like his whole thing of well she's, she will and making the money but she's not making the money to become rich from this like this is about it's about women's issues it's about it's fighting about... something that he is obviously against right and if you go to her twitter i mean she's very much about promoting that consent is is important when it comes to yeah. sex and, and sexual crimes. So I, I encourage you to follow her on Twitter at hello underscore lip slut. And definitely if you stay on top of it, if you do want more colors, tweet her and let her know. Yeah. And if you want to order some, you know, tweet her and let her know that you heard about it from listening to, to our podcast. Yes. <laughs> Well, let's go and talk about fashion. Okay. So I saw on Facebook, uh, Curvy Beach. Yes. Is this bikini line um, out of Florida that a former plus size model designed and created and started up here pretty recently. And they just launched it at the beginning of, was it beginning of this month or beginning of last month? Very recently, yeah, I think either it's the beginning of June or the beginning of May, but um, they're almost sold out now, and it is like simple plus size bikini, yeah, it's designs, just, bright colors. It's like what every woman would or anybody would imagine a bikini should look like. A, a typical bikini should look like, but for some reason, is never able to be found. Right. Um, she hated that plus size two piece swimwear was these tankinis or bikinis that compressed, you know, compressed you around your waist yeah. or 
or at your belly or whatever. It's always like to something about the shape of your body. And she wants to actually embrace the shape of your plus size body. Yeah, because pretty much everything else is always, oh, hide this. Yeah. Or slim this. Yeah. And it's like, or lift this. And it's like, why can't it just be comfortable? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I'm putting on like a second skin whenever? Oh my gosh, some swimsuits. You, you're you like sweating by the time you <laughs> it get is... it on and you're like. <sighs> it could be an exercise oh my to try Lord, swimsuits. Try not to like pull yeah. a ligament trying to get into the swim bottom. I was going to order some. Uh, but they were sold out, so yeah. I'm gonna wait until they restock, and then I'm gonna order some because I do like how my body looks yeah. in a bikini, um, and I don't. I, I like the bright colors. I think yeah. they're cute. Yeah. And plus, I want to support this uh, this business. Yeah. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Taylor. I know we all know that name. <laughs> um, but that just makes her even more fabulous. <laughs> she's definitely fabulous. I mean, you cannot. Not be fabulous with the name Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yeah, she is. Uh, check her out. Go to curvybeach.com. And kind of, uh, you know, attaching to that, um, you know, we were talking about the fact that you can't find things made for plus size women. Right. Last like episode. Like the bikinis. Right. And um, so part of the reason is... With the plus size design, or with design schools in general. In the United States. In the United States. It's so hard to actually find any sort of curriculum that actually has designing for various body shapes and types. Um, There's a huge lack of qualified teachers, I think. I think that's what the main issue is. seems to be from this article uh, that I found where Dominique Norman yeah, wrote it. Dominique. She's also uh, a student. Yes, she's a design student who, didn't she say that she um, was the first one to do an actual plus size collection in her design? Oh, I don't know. I think so. I think I recall that from the article. Um, but she basically is talking about the fact that she just doesn't think that there are enough teachers and yeah she became the first i'm sorry to interrupt you no go ahead she became the first apparel design student at washington state university to create a plus size collection as her culminating project yeah um but thinking about it there really aren't because it's so recent that plus size has become, you know, accepted in the fashion community um, as far as actually being in, allowed in the mainstream and, you know, having their own fashion week and whatnot now, um, that there really aren't faculty that are knowledgeable in designing plus size fashion. Right. They, they design the clothes that are going to go on a runway. Exactly. And that runway is going to be staffed with models from mainstream modeling agencies. Exactly. And so it's all basically sample sizes. Right. Which are not actually the size of the majority of American women. No. 67% of American 
buyers, female buyers, are plus size. Or what is considered plus size. Correct. Which, that's anything above, I believe, a size 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. Depending on the manufacturer. Right. A lot of manufacturers will consider 10. I know. But then you have your actresses that are size 6, like Lena Dunham, and... Who's the blonde comedian? Amy Schumer. And Amy Schumer that are being called plus size. <laughs> and they're not. They're not and plus size. And then Amy Schumer got poo-pooed on. There we go. We're going poo-poo. But she got poo-pooed on because she said that she's not plus size. But she's just stating a fact. She's not. She's, she's not saying not. that she's ashamed to be called plus size. She's just saying that I am like. She's saying that you have to be ridiculously thin and fit in Hollywood or else they consider you plus size. Yeah. That's the that's the difference. She's kind of knocking how the industry is set up to view you. Right. And if you're in that business. And so with the when you think about the fashion design, you're mostly being taught to design for that like very waifish like right. Kate Moss type of body, body type. and it's that's not realistic at all so if you really want your stuff to be wearable and be able to sell it you're going to need to learn how to design for different body types and different body shapes and that doesn't mean just making something a bigger size that means actually studying the different ways that the body is once you start getting into larger size like I mean you may have someone who is extremely thin but has large boobs um, or a larger butt or or somebody might be 200 pounds and they're 200 pounds of muscle yeah. versus 200 pounds of fat and their then, body is going to be shaped yeah, differently you might have someone who is larger but has small breasts correct um, which is that's an anomaly that every just society like if you're large, then you must have big boobs. No, not everybody does. And there are a lot of issues with that because you'll buy a blouse and, ooh, a blouse. I sound like an old lady. Um, but you'll buy, I declare. you'll buy like a top and it fits you everywhere else. But then you got saggy boob. Like or you've got like, like extra. A bunch. I have, a, yeah. it'll bunch above, sort of below my neckline, but above my cleavage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I get like the weird like the the empire waist will be like up here mid boob. Yeah. And I'm that's, like that's that's not where that's supposed to go. <laughs> and that hits my nipple. Oh, yeah, it's so like thanks. Hmm. So I'm like constantly having to like pull it down during the day and yeah, it, it yeah. So just and actually I don't know how many fashion schools there are in the United States, but only three of them have plus size. That's ridiculous. Because it's not just like technical design schools. I mean, there are schools that offer fashion design as a course load. And, you know, you know those especially probably aren't equipped. Right. Um, but... So good for you, Dominique Norman. I yes. followed her on Twitter. I think we're going to be good friends. Yeah, she's fabulous. Yes. 
Absolutely. And Keep doing where, what you're doing. Yeah, and where I actually found the uh, link was the Kirby Fashionista, who I follow, have followed for a long time, and she's awesome as well. I, I haven't seen... Well, I've seen ads to go to the Kirby Fashionista, but I haven't actually gone myself. Yes, she is wonderful, um, and I always find really, really interesting articles from her, and just... so. Good job, ladies. Keep up the good work. We feminists love it. So, on to the next topic. All right. Away from beauty and fashion. <laughs> Sex positive. Woohoo! So, I saw this. <laughs> A- ABC is doing this new thing um, called You Can't Ask That. It's not, it's not a show that you go and watch on their... You know, on the TV, on their channel. Um, But it's sort of this web series on ABC.net. And they have people talk to the camera. Not famous people. Just just your everyday people people. that are breaking these stereotypes. You know, these common everyday stereotypes that you don't even think about. Yeah. So this one in particular is the S&M episode. So S and M, you can't ask that. Did you watch it? I haven't gotten a chance to. Yet. Oh, it's yeah. so good. I, I want to, but pretty much all of my uh, downtime has been at work, and I don't think that would be a good thing to work watch at work. It's, well, maybe with some earbuds. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an interview. You're not pe- watching people in, well, in yeah. the act. So it, I would consider it semi safe for work there's no nudity there's no nudity yeah. there's no pornography it's it's, it's just, just interviews um i don't know where people sent their questions but it was things like um tell me why you're not a pervert that was a good question that is a good question and some people were like because some people said well i am a pervert yeah <laughs> And then some other people were like, well, a pervert has a negative connotation, meaning you're, you know, you're a pedophile. That's, that's a perversion against a society, you know, right? Right. So we don't like that word. So, I mean, there's really just, it tells you the different ways that people consider these labels. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, a lot of words have more than one meaning like just Absolutely. because it has a negative connotation yeah doesn't mean that every time you use it you mean it in a negative sense oh yeah i mean i could oh. be talking to sam and we're talking about how we need to get our pussy eat out yeah <laughs> like shut up you pervert but you that's know, not a negative thing like I don't know. It's just, it's one of those tricky things where it's all about the tone and everything that you use the word. But, I mean, being perverted is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means... Well, it depends on how you mean it. Yeah, it it depends on how you... If your perversion is pedophilia or bestiality, I got a hard pass on that. You got... No. (laughs) But if it's But if your perversion is, is... uh, spanking your partner with your partner's 100% consent. Right. You can't spank her all day, or him all day. Just, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but... And there were other questions like, uh, did you enjoy punishment as a child? You know? It's those kind of it's questions that, that we're... It's that you want to ask 
if if you knew that your close friend all of a sudden you just found out your close friend is into S and M, it's the questions that you would ask them because yeah. there's this higher comfort level uh, and, and a trust that you questions. know they're not going to be offended by what you ask and they're going to give you an honest answer. I really like this series, and it's also those questions that make the person stop and go, huh? Yeah, because people, yeah, that was that was the reaction of it's the like you, of the ones being you videoed. don't really think about it. You just kind of, mm-hmm. you could tell they had to it, think yeah. before they answered. It's like, why do I? <laughs> hmm. So it, it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, I'll definitely maybe I'll watch it whenever later today. But I think I, it's about I, a half hour long. Yeah, I just like it's yeah. I really enjoy. Things like that where it just kind of, it even makes the viewer stop and think, well, what would I say? You know, why did, yeah. I mean, you might relate to it and be like, huh, okay. Well, I never thought about that before, but that yeah. makes sense. So, mm-hmm. and I'm an advocate for anything that is going to break down your, oh, your yeah. stereotypes. Any, well, anything. To bring to, more understanding yeah, to Yeah, but mainstream. anything too that just makes you think, like, just actually just develop some sort of conversation in your own mind that you wouldn't have had before like I love anything that'll do that um, because it just that just means you're learning mm-hmm I encourage you to go to well Google ABC you can't ask that and see their other episodes as well there might be something that catches your attention like something you want to ask the, a Muslim person or just somebody that's different than you. So it's kind of like the what would you do, but not the what would you, you know, the kind of along the same lines of the... It is similar. I love their title, kinda... You Can't Ask That, because it there is the stigma of like, oh no, you you don't want to ask that, so you're just going to hold on to these stereotypes, these yeah. judgments that you have, yeah. because you don't want to offend that person, that culture, that society. Yeah, because you've always got those people that... You'll be in a group setting and somebody will say something and some you'll have that one person that's like just asking the questions. They're like, you know, just go completely like balls out. Like, right. well, why do you do it? And then somebody, everybody else is like, oh, I can't right. believe it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do they really just ask? And then the, usually the person's like, oh, yeah, and, you know, cool with saying it. Because, I mean, generally, if somebody shares, you know, that kind of information in the first place, they usually don't have a problem answering questions that you have. And they usually like that people ask questions because that means that they're interested in learning and not just um, not just going, oh, okay, and then just keeping their ideas to themselves. So the next sex-positive topic that we have is Shibari. Shibari is a trending topic or it was a couple of days ago in the top 40 um i'm not sure why not sure either i don't know what if there was big news in the shibari community but or if something happened that provoked a lot of people to find out what it what i don't know i'm not really sure but i i like that it was a trending topic yeah. if it's in the top 40 of twitter that means more people are learning about it uh, which means there's a more sex positive right uh, culture growing. Yeah. So awesome. And even if it wasn't for this technical thing, it was 
also probably well whenever I looked um, <clears throat> Kelly Shabari also came up who is a um, actually a fat porn star so oh that's cool I so think, there's like a so double her name is this particular yeah. sex yeah. technique it, well, interesting and she is also Asian so that's okay. probably where she got it from okay um, well in case you don't know Shabari is a a, a sexual method of tying your partner up with Japanese knot rope or Japanese silk rope. They're very, uh, they're beautiful. They look like braided nylon. They're very beautiful and they have a little bit of stretch to them. Um, and then you can work these knots that you learned about in Girl Scouts or whatever. I would probably fail miserably <laughs> at trying to do this. Um, so, if you're going to practice Jabari or try to get into it, you don't just want to go and tie up, you know, go to the, the bondage store, buy the rope, and then go tying up your partner and without educating yourself. And please don't go to Lowe's or, no, you'll end up with horrible burns. Oh, and... those, yeah, those, those are different ropes. <laughs> yeah, those let, are different let, ropes. Let's not DIY this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, there are these places that you can go to find out how to tie different knots, different configurations uh, across and around your body for restraint, for art. Maybe you want to do some bourgeois photography with it or use it in the bedroom. Um, there's YouTube channels that have instruction and there's even a class if you live in Atlanta. There's a Shibari class. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, looking at it too, it kind of makes me wonder if maybe part of the reason why it was trending, which this is probably a long jump, but um, uh, as far as like the like bralettes and like the caged harness. Well, no, like the um, the bralettes that have basically like the cage design mm -hmm. um, that basically kind of look like that, but also yeah, like the harnesses and the like caged. Um, dresses. It, I mean, they're not really dresses. They go over dresses. So, like, if you have like a bodycon dress, you can have like kind of like the caged yeah, thing those, that goes over the top called, of it. Those so, are called harnesses. So yeah. any, and they come in various sizes, uh, designs, yeah, sort of configurations yeah. of how the harnesses are 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 shaping your body. Yeah. they usually work with the curves and the lines of your figure. I find yeah. them very sexy. Yeah, honestly. But I mean, I just wonder if like that because it's that design has become so um, prominent in like bralette design and dress design now mm -hmm. that maybe that sparked I, I don't know like i said long jump that was just my theory <laughs> not I'm a sure good theory no i'm sure they are inspired theory. by that uh, those those body harnessed are inspired by yeah, the s&m anyway yeah because you see a lot of girls now or women sorry um now that are wearing like the lower cut tops but they have the bralettes that mm -hmm. have like the cage design and like you know even some of them have like the choker part and things of that nature so it's like the undergarment like is becoming more of the like focus of the outfit that but I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I like, I like the the look 
uh, I always have, even before it was trendy, yeah. of showing a little bit of what's underneath. Yeah. I think that's very sexy. Yeah. This is giving you a hint. You see some lines uh, coming out of my neckline or maybe out yeah. of my sleeve. And maybe you wonder what else is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that look. Plus, yeah. it's strappy and I like straps. Yeah. Um, so the class on Shibari in Atlanta is called Rope Bite. So look for Rope Bite Atlanta. And that'll probably give you some clues as to as to how to go to that class. Um or then in your major city, maybe you want to. Yeah, they probably it. if they've got them in Atlanta. I don't. I mean, know Atlanta is a freaky city, <laughs> but um, I'm sure in other larger cities. Yeah. and if, if not, you search. there's definitely information on Pinterest and on YouTube. YouTube's always got the tutorials. YouTube makes me nervous because you could get misinformation. Well, right? same thing with Nobody's... Pinterest too. Like it's yeah. Right. Nobody's verifying the information. Yeah, and you also. I mean, human error. <laughs> I, I've had plus, some Pinterest fails, so yeah. Exactly. And plus what works on my body might not work on somebody True. else. The thing with Shibari is that you should you should be restrained and comfortable. Yeah. Nothing should cut off circulation. Right. If you're cutting off circulation you're in Shibari, yeah. you're doing it wrong. There are other S&M that they don't, you know. Yeah. That's not a prerequisite. Yeah. This is how that's separate. This is not what supposed is... to be that kind of thing. Right. So cool. We'll see what is trending next time. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Maybe we could get a trending topic going. Yes, maybe it'll be us. <laughs> um, so next in sex positive is nine harmless questions. Fat people are tired of being asked yes. about sex. Harmless. Harmless is in quotes on that one. Mm -hmm. um, free black girl wrote this one. And this is kind of fun. This is a simple... Um, it's just one of those like... It, there's a bunch of gifs. There's the question yeah. and then a gif. So it's funny. It's yeah, a funny it, read. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we're serious about this, but we're just going to, you know... Like, this is our face. But we're also seriously, like, completely over this. Like, yeah. Should we list the, the questions? Sure. Okay. All right. So the first one is, can you get on top? Um, like, why? I guess Why is that a question? Do yeah. I sit in a chair? Then I, I mean, get on top. If I can get on top of anything else, I can get on top of a dude. Like, I mean, it's... And I think... I think the origin of that is, oh my God, you get on top of somebody, don't they hurt? Like, don't you hurt them? Don't you squish them? Guess what? There's a lot of guys that really like that. I mean, that's going into a whole fetish thing, but I mean, they, it doesn't, well, actually it doesn't necessarily have to be a fetish because there are men that like stronger women yeah. and they like that pressure. I mean, it's, it's not... I mean... It, the answer is yes. Yes, we do get on top. <laughs> we do. And then, what is sex really like for you? Um, <laughs> the same as... what? Well, as long as you're having good sex, then hopefully it's the same you get. Yeah, that's a dumb fucking question. Well, that is dumb. Like, why would it be different? I mean... 
Probably, I'm probably having better sex than you are because I'm open about my body and this I'm open is true. about what I want in yeah. the bedroom. So fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you always have sex with the lights off? I, well, I don't think I've ever had sex with the lights off. Like, oh, I'm a parent, so I well, have had sex with. The lights I mean, off. if I have had sex with the lights off, it was daylight, and you can't really turn the sun off. So I mean. <laughs> I'm not going to be in pitch. If it's in the middle of the night, I'm not going to stop the action and go turn the light on. Well, for one thing, I'm clumsy. So, (laughs) if I can't can't see, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) That's hilarious. So, I kind of need some kind of light. Because if I don't, somebody's going to end up hurt. (laughs) But I do. And it's probably going to be me. I sure should have sex with the lights on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with that. What's it like being naked in front of a guy? The same as it is being naked in front of a woman, in front of anybody. I don't care. Like, I okay, I am totally an exhibitionist Well, heart. what it's like being naked in front of a guy, you already know the answer to that if you've ever been naked in front of a guy. I mean, hopefully the guy is your partner and he's grabbing my ass. Yeah. Or, I mean... To me, nudity, I'm cool with it, so I would totally, I I would frolic on a nude beach, no problem, don't care, so to me, it doesn't matter. This this one is particularly offensive to me. Yeah. Does he actually touch your body? So, how do you think it happens? Yeah, how do you think it happens? So, let's talk about that. Yeah. If... They assume that we have sex. Let's say we have children. So mm-hmm. they know yeah. that we've had sex. So what do you, what do you think happens? Do you, do you think I had to jerk him off or just blow him? And that's what, how we have sex all the time. And then I, oh. I inserted that vaginally to get pregnant. Or maybe we there. don't have kids. And that, that is what they assume. Yeah. That it's just me servicing him. So what would be even the point of having anyone? Like, so he just stands, you know, three feet away from me at all times and never, ever, like, gets close enough to even brush my shoulder? Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he touches me. (laughs) He touches me real good. (laughs) Guess what? They like playing with those fat rolls. I mean, really, honestly, who does it? Like, they jiggle. They jiggle. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> fun for everyone. What kind of sex positions can you actually do? I have had this conversation with a partner before we've had sex. Like, well, I have too. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't, and this isn't necessarily a skinny versus fat thing. You know, this is just every this is individual more of person. Like a, what are you into? Well, a what are you into? But also, there are people who like me i have bad knees oh okay so there does have to be some sort of consideration for that like i can't just like get on my knees on any surface like i have to have some sort of cushion or else it's going to be painful Mm -hmm. um because my kneecap is not in the right position and and i've had this question more because i'm short yeah, see, and me, being six feet tall, like, I have that problem because a lot of the time, yeah. my partner will be shorter. I, 
I'll be honest, a 69 is more difficult for me to achieve if my partner is a foot taller than me. Yeah. Well, and see, if I'm with a partner that is We have the opposite problem. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're short and I'm so tall, like, but it's, it's the same problem, but for opposite reasons. Vice versa, right. Yeah. So that is a good question to discuss with your partner. But if you're just asking somebody randomly, what yeah, assessment like, can you actually do? That's that's a judgy, and you should mind your own fucking business. Yeah, and maybe think about what sex positions you can Be get like, into. Bitch, I Boom. know more than you do. And what is this one? <laughs> it's more cushion for the pushing, a real thing. <sighs> Lord, I mean. I don't really take offense to that one as much because I've said it before, but jokingly, like, I don't know. I guess, of yeah, course, I'm it, not really. It is a real thing. I'm to not me. really, like, offended by much, so, like, that doesn't bother me, but I guess some people it does. Um, but it is kind of a real thing. I mean, yeah, there is more cushion for the pushing. You it could, is, it's not a bad thing. You could put me up against the wall or on, like, a hard hard seat like a subway seat that's got no upholstery or whatever yeah Yeah, my ass is gonna have more cushion so really actually that's a good thing yeah because we have more protection for our bones yeah i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna become uncomfortable as quickly as somebody with a bonier ass true that's what that means to me Hmm. and then you guys must be into some kinky stuff right um, <laughs> aren't you? Everybody is to some extent, unless you were completely repressed. Everybody's got some sort of kink. Yeah, I am kinky. I don't think that's really. That's I don't. Not, it's like, not because I'm that. No. And I, I guess that's the assumption. That, that is the assumption. That's oh, the you're here. fat. So if you're having sex, it's because he fetishizes fat women. Yeah. Like that's probably the assumption there. Which, whatever. (laughs) Okay. On to body image. All right. So going back to swimsuits and swim fashion, there's this company called Dapper Boy. Yes. And they came out with a swimsuit ad. That well, they came out with the brand, of course. That's yeah. that's unisex swim apparel, um, and then their fashion ad. I just love, I fucking love their fashion ad because they're they have an athletic woman. They have um, sort of your stereotypical Butch Dyke woman. Mm-hmm. They have um, sort of a skinnier, androgynous yeah. male. Um, they have somebody that's got a lean, sort of a soccer build. Yeah. And they're all um, trying on the swimwear that's that they're using to exercise in the pool. Right. High necklines, um, shorts that aren't going to ride up and wedge into your ass if you're really swimming hardcore, right. which is what I do. Right. When I swim, I'm doing laps and I'm yeah. going hard. And if I have a low neckline, the <laughs> You're water constantly like the water like it it pushes my boobs out of my right. So you're constantly like having to make sure that you're yeah. not exposing yourself to everyone. Um, yeah, I really like this line because it's 
Maybe we should have put this in fashion instead of body image. But well, anyway. but it covers both because I mean, this is for people who struggle with finding an actual bathing suit that works for their body. Like you may have um you may have like a teenager who just isn't very girly. So she doesn't right. want to wear like your typical bathing suit that is put out there for girls. Um, but that's true too. Everything that she finds that works for her and her aesthetic is very matronly and like something that like some 80 year old woman would wear to the pool. <laughs> like, uh, because when you look for basically like swim shorts and like full coverage swim tops and things like that like that's what you find you find something that looks like an old woman would wear it and this is still you know this is still for younger more modern it's very modern to me yeah very modern yeah and i love that about it too so it's something that's going to be comfortable still stylish and it's totally practical mm -hmm. like i don't understand why something like this has not been made before now because i think a lot of people that have looked for this sort of thing before have either gone to the like old 80 year old looking I, swimwear they've either resorted to a pair of like board shorts and a t-shirt and then you know you can't swim in a t-shirt because you're like it just soaks up all the water. That's kind of what people are saying. Yeah. That, that, that they've they've tried so many swimsuits at the store yeah. over the years and just given up on actually buying swimwear. Yeah. And when they go swimming, which they avoid it most of the time, but when they do go swimming, they're just wearing a t-shirt. Or tank top and shorts. Yeah. Um, which is uncomfortable because yeah. then, then that shirt expands and, and right. it, you know it becomes right. sort of just i mean you're it just, just a hangs. soggy mess right right it's and not it's not practical no not practical at all and so they're really you know taking care of that gap that was there mm -hmm. and but it, it is also their message is very body positive very body positive very very body positive and also just one of acceptance like I, I love how inclusive they are with every, like yes this probably serves you know certain demographics more than others but it's for everyone like no matter what like yeah you can this product can be for you because there's plenty of like feminine women that aren't oh, yeah. comfortable showing their bodies like that in normal swimwear. That's true. So or they might got opt scars for this. you want to hide or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, I I am more interested in it for exercise. Yeah. And to for the modern design. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Dapper Boy. D a p p e r b o i. Dot com slash collections slash swim. Yes. I will link it on the. Um, I, I'll just kind of throw all the links up on the uh, blog so everyone can can get link happy can, yeah can get link happy if you follow us on twitter then you'll see where uh, we've tweeted these um these people too these company whether it's a business or a person or um 
online article, yeah. online news source. Uh, so you can find them that way as well. And then you'll be on the up and up with what we're <laughs> going to talk about in our episode because you're following us on Twitter. Yes. So moving on and tying into the fat athleticism is Roz the Diva. She is a pole coach. Have you heard of her? Yes, okay. I have. A lot of people have heard of her. She's very popular. Yeah. Um, she has a website, rozthediva.com, R-O-Z, the diva. So, and I love pole performance. I do too. I, w- I wish I had the coordination. And I walk like a drunken baby, so I don't trust myself on a pole or really anything that requires coordination. So... <laughs> I would like to I would, be I would on the pole at some point in my life. I guess I'm going to work toward it. Maybe maybe I should too. Maybe that'll improve my clumsiness. I would think so. The threat of maybe falling. I would think I would probably get I would probably get an injury <laughs> within the first 5 minutes. I'd be like, "Oh, my toe." <laughs> Your toe. Well, don't knock it until you try it. No, I'm not. I love it. And I, like, am amazed by it. I hope that she is going to be... I tweeted her, but she didn't tweet back. I hope that she is going to be at PoleCon. Do you know about PoleCon? I tried to kind of look up on it. Um, I didn't find very much information. Well, it is going to be in Florida. And um, I I emailed them, too, to get a statement from them about... Uh, body positive messages and, yeah. and fat athletes and fit athletes and skinny yeah. athletes and uh, just different embracing different body types. Yeah. Um, but I really love Roz the Diva for what she's doing. She is she very active on Instagram and as a pole coach you can see her videos where she's teaching a class or you could just see her performances or you could see her practice and like falling and yeah um sort of just just having fun with the whole process she doesn't present herself like a flawless creature which that's the kind of the problem that i have with a lot of fitness coaches oh, yeah. is that they never fail they're always on they're their always shape. on point and it, that that's a turn off for me because right. it's not how my life is going to realistically And it's not how their apply. life is. It's how nobody's life is. Nobody is flawless and perfect. Everybody yeah. has problems. In my opinion, Ross the Diva <sighs> has it going on. Yeah. So keep doing your thing, Ross. Yeah. And then tweet us back so we can have you on our show. And maybe we'll join you on the poll someday. Yes, you can coach us. And I won't be injured. I'll try not to hurt myself. Oh, you're going to get some bruises, but that's okay. Oh, I get bruises all the time. Anyway, bruises ain't nothing. Bruises heal. Um, I just don't want to break anything. <laughs> so, uh, more body image stuff. This article hits a personal note for me. It's the ripple effects on girls when their mother struggles with body image. And I see this a lot when I have friends over and my daughter's here and somebody's looking at a picture of himself and they go, oh, I look so fat there. Or somebody, um, I'm at a, a play date with a bunch of other moms. It's a mommy group play date. And somebody's like, hikes down the skirt of their toddler, t- 
toddler, mind you, and says something about, honey, hide your fat rolls, you know, when you're when oh, she dear. hikes down the skirt. Or even things like, um, boys can see your underwear. That kind of stuff, I just don't... <sighs> I just don't understand how, like, they don't even realize that they're perpetuating bad things yeah. in our society and gender specifics. And and then they wonder why all of these things go through yeah, their kid's head whenever they get older. Right, right. It's like, because you instilled it. I exactly. mean, you didn't know, you probably weren't aware that you were doing it, but... Yeah, so, um, but it was put out, this, it was put out by this group that does I Mom So Hard. <laughs> I love that. And so they, they were very funny about it. Yeah. And that's the best way for me. Humor, humor is your best friend. Humor, humor can get people to talk about a lot of things that they're they uncomfortable <laughs> about and they'll, they'll let down their guard because... They're having fun. Right. So, um, I really I really like it, and I like what they're doing. I'm going to keep following iMom so hard. Yeah. And see what else they put up with. It was also funny because these two moms were trying on these swimsuits that it just goes to show how ridiculous your mainstream swim fashions are in a... Uh, in application on a real body. Yeah. Like the crochet bits that <laughs> look fantastic on the fitness model and then you order them. And then it's like And it shows up and first of all you're confused about how to even put it on. Right. And then and then and then secondly, it just it does nothing to flatter your figure and you're uncomfortable in it because yeah. then you have these strings going or like different places. Or like the halters <laughs> that make you feel like your like you gotta, neck is like permanently looking down. You like yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like so apparently you just want me to stare at my boobs all day because <laughs> that's where my head's going. So just as as a parent, um, I'm not even gonna say mom, but all parents. Yeah. If you're a parent and your your children is around, they pay attention to what you're doing. And so, if you say that you're not happy with how you look, you have to be. They're they're considering you a role model. Yeah, and you they're have gonna to be look mindful. at their own body and be critical about it. And it's not just parents; it's pretty much anybody that yeah. is around small children. Well, any child. I have asked friends of mine if they say something negative about themselves to not do that in front of my child. Yeah, and and they don't even realize they don't even realize that that that. They're doing that, you know? Yeah. And I have... I grew up with body issues because my mom did that. See, and I don't want to give that to my child. Yeah. So I'm consciously aware of it. Yeah. And I see that in my mom. Like, she was always told that she was ugly when, in fact, she honestly... I mean, I'm biased, but she honestly is what I would considered the prettiest of all of her siblings. I mean, they're all beautiful. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, she just really, to me, and, you know, uh, other people, <laughs> she was, like, the most striking. And and it's not just because I look just like her either. <laughs> but, um, no. And I, I found that 
I was actually very fortunate because even though she has extreme body issues and she doesn't like the way she looks, I honestly have never really had um, body issues. I've always been really confident and like I've always just really loved myself no matter what. Um, but I do believe I am also a very big rarity um, in that aspect. But I think that was because I grew up with my parents and my family and everyone telling me like, they built me up like they yeah. they let me know oh you're beautiful you know um and not only just beautiful but also caring like they just I had a very supportive family so I think that helped with battling any sort of body issues that I may have from seeing how my mother saw herself plus also seeing how my father thought that my mother was, you know, so beautiful. It, seeing him saying how beautiful she was, even though she didn't feel that way, like, I still knew that she was. So, <clears throat> I guess all of that just kind of, you know, contradicted how she felt about herself and how I saw it, um, because I always thought that she was beautiful. So, luckily, I didn't have that issue, but I see other people that weren't so lucky. Right. I was not so lucky. Nowadays, I do have the confidence. <clears throat> I have days where I feel more insecure uh, than others, and but I also have OCD, and that if my OCD is high, yeah. is rampant that day, then those are the days that I have yeah. the insecurities. Um, I I still have confidence. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's always. But, I, but it took me time to get there. Yeah, and as confident as I am, I still have days where, like, my social anxiety just, like, kicks in and I, I just... It's not necessarily that I see myself in a different light. It's just... It, it totally affects your... Just your day. I mean... It, it's basically being in a kind of a funk or being in a yeah, bad mood all yeah. the time. And it just, it'll hit randomly. I mean, everybody has yeah. something like that. Everybody can can relate to that in some way. And I try, when my daughter's around, to, to change my language. When I would say, I'm feeling gross today, or yeah. I'm feeling unattractive today. Instead of saying that, which is what my thought is. Yeah. Um, I say things like, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. So she doesn't really relate it to being self-critical. Yeah. And see, I don't have kids. I'm not around kids. So it's just basically me <laughs> that I'm worried about. But I still try to actively not use certain... <sighs> Anytime that you're being critical of yourself, yeah, you don't. You those voices are negative. Yeah, and we talk about positive self-talk. So you just want to change those voices, whether a child is around or not. It's good for right. your psychology, right? Like, um, I mean, even today, like I, I do not look. I'm a hot mess. But when I say I'm a hot mess, I don't necessarily feel 
like I'm like disgusting or gross or anything. I'm just not as put together as I normally would be. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> that's just kind of my way, which some people may think, you know, oh, I'm a hot mess. And they're like, really like, you know, they've uncomfortable with themselves or um, whatever. But I, I guess that's my kind of like humor in it. Like, oh, I don't know. But it, that's just how I handle it. <laughs> um, well, the next one is it similar ties ties into this. Yeah. This is one particular woman who uh, is she a blogger? Abby. I'm not sure if she's a blogger issues. or. If she, I think she does. I think she does. I think the blog is called Abby Has Issues. Yeah. Anyway. Um, her daughter, she was at the beach with her kids, and her daughter she got, didn't want to go to the beach, didn't want to be on the beach with her mom, and her mom, like, kind of pushed for an answer as to why she didn't want to be seen on the beach with her mom, and found out the girl didn't, she said, well, because you're fat, mom, and so they, she pulled her aside, and, and her brother. she said, let's have a talk about this. Yeah. Uh, she told her kids... That calling somebody fat is not scientifically accurate because all bodies have fat. So you, a person can't be fat. It's not a matter of status because fat is a thing. Yeah. It's not. It's something every it's single person a, has. Some people have more. Some people have less. Right. But everybody has it. That's her point of view and. And she's proud of how it went. And she posted a picture of herself in a bikini on the beach holding her kid's hand. Yeah. I think she's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, she was. She is she... fantastic. Fucking gorgeous. I, I don't agree with saying that calling somebody fat is wrong because it's not scientifically accurate. Yeah, no. Fat I mean. Yeah, fat is everybody. Everybody has fat. But I would much rather be called fat than these fluffy or... What are these other descriptors some where people, people have, are trying to get around the word of saying that? Some people have a thing with the word chubby, but I think chubby's cute. Um, it, to me, is just chubby somebody, is, like, cute, somebody like, is slightly overweight, they're chubby. Yeah. Somebody who's obese, like myself, I consider fat. Yeah. I think this is just a different in levels. Yeah. And like, certain people find certain words offensive or... I, I don't know. I would rather be called fat than yeah. The fluff. I have no problem being called fat, and I think it's funny when people are like, "You're not fat. You're beautiful." I'm like, "What? I'm both, but okay. Thank you for th- thinking I'm beautiful, but I'm also fat." Like they just mean, I don't want you to feel bad about your yeah, weight. But I don't feel that's really what they mean. I I I do feel bad about my weight. I wish my weight was less than what it is. Because I'm trying to lose weight and because I work out twice and I'm not instantly yeah. fit. <laughs> and it, that's that's a frustration that, that I have. And yes, I would like to weigh less than I do. Um, but at the same time, it's not hurting me. Like, I'm, I'm not like, I'm going to run all the, well, I don't run anyway. Run is not in my vocabulary, but like I'm not 
actively like going out and going to the gym and like trying to get all this off and like doing some diet. I don't even want to get into diets, but like I'm okay with who I am and how I look. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't want to maybe lose some weight, but I'm not focused solely on that. And I'm definitely not focused solely on that because of other people. Like if I work to lose weight, it's because I want to for health reasons. Yeah. I want to lose weight for me. I am still okay with who I am. Yeah. If I go the rest of my life and I don't lose another pound, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I am exercising regularly uh, to become healthier. Yeah. And I, I like seeing my my fat sort of sculpt into muscle, muscle build. Yeah. But I am not weighing myself constantly. Yeah. I am not at the gym constantly. I have many other focuses. And I am not going to be this dedicated person that... Um, I'm staying up all night to get my exercise routine in on top of a full-time job, on top of creative projects, and on top of motherhood. Right. My priority is... I I stack my priorities a little differently. Right. And see, to me, I always say I'd much rather be fat and happy than miserable being the person who's constantly writing down everything they eat, how many calories are in this, weighing out food. Like, I just want to live my life. And living your life doesn't mean that you don't take into consideration what you put in your mouth. Like, I still will choose healthier options and eat smaller portions, but I'm not going to see exactly how many calories are in every single thing that... I'm cooking or eating or whatever. I'm not... I I used to, when I was more focused on weight loss, I used to keep a food diary because that's what everybody says. If you really want to lose weight, get mathematical about it and and hold have a food diary. For my particular personality, I already said I'm OCD. Yeah. I am. If I start a food diary, it is counterproductive for me. I become obsessed about what I'm eating. I become obsessed about what I'm going to eat. Yeah. And then all I think about is food. See, and, and that is that is actually what I I don't want. Exactly. You know. So that's why I say I'd rather be fat and happy than like constantly have this thing running through my head. Yeah. What am I going to eat? When am I going like wh- when do I need to eat it by? So that way I'm not like too sedentary after I eat it. And then yep. it's just like, I'm that to me is way too much work. And what way percentage too much work. of my calorie intake is fat calories exactly. or protein like, grams no. or whatever. And I don't math. I do not. <laughs> me and math are not best friends. We aren't even frenemies. We are enemies. Like, I don't, I don't do the math. <laughs> so that's another good reason why Sam will not be yeah. doing any of this calorie counting and like all of that good. No, 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 no. But you know, in in my exercise, I used to let it really get me down when somebody would fat shame me. Yeah. While I exercise, I've talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. where I'm exercising and somebody shouts something negative at me 
out the window of their car. Yeah. Or sees, approaches me at the gym. Yeah. Um, it still does get me down when it happens. Oh, naturally. Because uh, I just, I don't even understand it. It's cruel. Yeah. For the sake of being cruel. Um, See, to me, I think whenever I get upset by something like that, like if it happens to me, because I've... A woman called me a fat heifer for taking her parking spot one time. Yeah. And I was like, well, at the moment I was angry and I flipped her off, but it still, it still gets to you. No matter how confident you are, it still eats at you a little bit. But I think when it eats at me, it's because I'm thinking, why is that person so mean? Like, yeah. why do they have to be so cruel to say something like that to somebody they don't even know? Yeah. Like, and when I exercise, I really just want peace. Right. I don't want to... I'm not... I am a people person, but when I exercise, that that's my that's me time. That's your time. And so I like to pretend that nobody else is around, even if I'm jogging right. outside of my neighborhood or I'm at the gym. I just don't interact with people because right. that's my me time. That's my motherfucking me time. Which it's is not what, social hour. Which I'm there is to what get the they, fucking job done. Which is what they're probably there for, too. Like, that's their time to get their mind straight and do their thing and get their, you know, bodies right. Whatever. Yeah. So why are you all up in somebody else's business? Right. Especially when you don't know that person, you ain't going to see them again. If you do, oh well, tough shit. Well, part of me but. overcoming my fear is to make myself go to the gym and exercise. Yeah. Um, whether I'm in the, the, the pool there or on a machine or walking outside or jogging outside. See, that's one of my... I do want to start going to uh, the gym and or the hospital gym that we have and uh, start doing maybe some water aerobics and do the track and everything but it's even like I still have a little bit of reservation about it even though it's like mostly old people I still am like "Uh, what's it gonna be like especially because I am not the most active person in the world so I'd definitely be like fumbling around and like not really like very confident in what I'm doing there at the gym because I'm not a gym person. It can fill you with some anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and and last night I posted a video of myself exercising the other night. I uh, I've been exercising at home a lot more to to videos on YouTube. And so this particular one was during my kettlebell routine. And I'm not working out. Like, in the section that I posted, you don't see my face. You don't see how sweaty, like, the sweat pouring down. But you do see this is not a fitness ad. This is not a workout ad. My body is jiggling. My hair is a mess. You know? Yeah. It's real. It's real life. The living room is not clean and pristine. Um, It's real. And I expected to get some body shaming on it. But I haven't. I don't know why people are much more likely to fat shame me in real life than on Instagram. Because I see Ashley Nell Tipton and she's got a lot of fat shaming going on on hers. So I just just don't understand where... Like I thought cyberbullying 
was a thing because people find it easier to have this yeah, anonymous because they have platform. something to hide behind. Yeah. <clears throat> and I actually got two positive comments. You know, somebody was like, keep doing your thing and get it, girl. You know? I don't know. And, and thank you. Thank you for doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's wonderful that that's all that you've gotten and that there hasn't been, of course, as the days roll on. I'm sure the trolls will come out of hiding. Perhaps. At I've some never. Point. I've had my Instagram account for a couple of years. I've never been fat shamed on there. Well, that's good. Never. Now, um, it's not a lot about what I look like. Yeah. It's a lot about my the projects that I create. Yeah. Pictures of my daughter. There will be selfies of me. Yeah. Or selfies of me and a friend of mine or my boyfriend um, when we're uh, out somewhere. Yeah. Having fun. It's not about, it's not like a, a diary of yeah. my weight loss journey like a lot of other ones. So maybe that's why. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's because people would be inclined to fat shame and then they see the positive comments and they're just like, you know what? I don't want to go there. I don't know. Because usually that doesn't it keep other people, uh, usually that doesn't keep them at bay. It could just be that you have quality people that follow you. That's that's true. I definitely do. So, but on Instagram, on in, yeah. you don't have to be follow me to see my posts. No, as long as you see those hashtags, you know. True, and or you're they just do browsing the, oh, the new ones. Oh, and they ones. do find those hashtags. But you know what? I think I found more on Instagram, at least in my own experience. It's not so much active shaming as it is people. Finding your account and following you as weight loss inspiration. Yeah, that's true. Because I have had people do that. Mm -hmm. I have had random accounts add me. And it's all because they follow fat women. So they don't... To inspire themselves, probably. To to inspire themselves to not end up like them. So, okay. (laughs) Or to work out. Maybe maybe I did inspire somebody to get off the couch and well yeah and that's out. true I too I don't know I don't know or, but that was my little social experiment last <laughs> night and also encouraging myself to to move past my own fears yeah of being seen that way so they say to get over thank you they or say to get over a fear <laughs> to. To do it. The only yeah. way to get over fear of heights is to mm-hmm. travel up high and look down. So, um, I'll, I'll be posting a few more here and there. I don't want it to become a weight loss journey yeah. account, but, but I here mean, and there. I mean, you can do it without it being like, today I lost blah, 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 this many pounds and I did all this. Like, no, just it's show not going to be that way. You know, my Instagram embrace, account yeah. is, is watching my life. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's there for. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so. snapshots of my life. What you doing? Playing with some glitter over there? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. I can't I can't help it. It's it's pretty in blue. And <laughs> the house of glitter over here. It's we calling just, my name. We need milk magic over here. <laughs> um, and so we have these two instances that we're going to talk about, about celebrities being fat shamed in different ways, very different ways on social media this week. So one was the Vikings defense, Danielle Hunter. 
He tweeted a picture of himself um, to show that he's bulked up. Yeah. His muscle mass and his biceps are enormous. Mm-hmm. And then, so some people were getting on him for bulking up that muscle mass and being accusatory that the only way he could have bulked up is to by use by steroid use that and that is that is a a form of body shaming that we haven't talked about yeah so i wanted to include it here just to just to talk about how that is not your motherfucking right do not be accusatory why is it always though that when it is an athlete if they like bulk up all of a sudden that it automatically is steroids like it's always like that's where everybody's mind goes it's like don't i mean you know that they're a hard worker because you know of, that it's a foot a pro football player and he's in his off season so he's also t- like what 22 years old so he's like right he there can, in the prime of, he can invest many hours of his day at the gym and he can invest many dollars of his on on protein to actually yeah. build you know he, you can't build muscle if you're not intaking protein so he knows that natural formula for bulking up you don't have to just automatically assume oh it's steroids like not everybody takes that easy way out and i mean steroids isn't an easy way either because you're screwing up your body in many other ways but i mean if people don't understand that you can still be body shamed even if it's like this perfect physique like they still get body shamed exactly so that's why i wanted to include it on here and um body raise awareness that there's this umbrella of body shaming that we should all get away from uh, the, the problem is that when a lot of people hear the term body shaming they think that it means fat shaming. Uh, yeah, you're right. They don't understand and that body shaming is everybody. Yeah. It means also <clears throat> telling your friend who's thin that they they look like they have chicken legs. Yeah. That's also body shaming. Don't, so, don't do it. I mean, like I said, someone with what looks like the physique of a god can still be body shamed. Oh, you're too muscular. Oh, you look like... A freak because you don't have a neck or you know it's just yeah it, it's well it's this ridiculous. other one um is actress lucy hale who body shamed herself she body shamed herself she must have been having a bad day which that happens and we all have them like we, we all talked about them. earlier she was feeling low on herself and instead of saying that she just didn't maybe look good in the picture she said basically that oh i look so fat yeah and Uh, so that meant that looking fat was a bad thing and it also yeah she put it uh and this is this is a celebrity that's been open about her struggle with eating eating disorders. disorders so she's got a lot of people following her based on that struggle yeah and Man, did that blow up. Yeah, it did. And she didn't actually say it in the actual post. It was in the comments. And I think it was to her, um, like, stylist or someone. Um, She made the comment to him. Um, 
And she did later come back and say, you know, I'm yes, sorry, apologized I apologize. You know, I just, I said it in the moment and I didn't really think about it before I said it. So, you know, she said, that, you know, sometimes she forgets that she has all of these people that right. are watching her that are, you know, basically tearing apart her every move and word. And that's completely understandable, which is why I, a lot of the times, am a little bit more lenient with what celebrities say because they are still real people and they will stumble and, you know, say things that aren't necessarily in the greatest light. <laughs> But you have to stop and think, is it necessarily, like, what context was it in? And, you know, maybe they didn't really, like, think about it too much before they said it. Or maybe they just said it in a weird way. But, um, you know, all of us, like we just said, have our days where we may feel a little bit less than. And apparently... You know, she did. And, I mean, also with her struggles with eating disorders, you know, she was she's... probably in a negative yeah, place she, in, her, in, yeah. her, in her emotions. Yeah. And so, I don't think necessarily, you know, people jumping on her, um, while it did provoke an apology, I don't think that jumping on her is necessarily the best thing either. Um. I, I am a fan of hers now yeah. that she has apologized. I respect yeah. that and I can understand yeah. where she's coming from. I think it's great that she did actually come back and apologize. And I felt like it was a heartfelt apology. Like she honestly just did not consider yeah. it before she typed it out. And like I said, it wasn't even an intentional comment on the actual post. It was just her having like a side conversation with someone that she knows in the comments so it, it, she just really just did not consider all of her fans that might be seeing it mm -hmm. well that's what we have for body image this episode a lot of stuff yeah a lot of stuff but let's meaty <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that that just felt right it did it, it's, it's apropos <laughs> Um, it kind of ties into where we're going to talk about here for dating in our next topic. There's this article that came out from Revelist, uh, written by Mama Fierce. Uh, yeah, I love that name. It is an awesome name. Attraction is less about weight than we think. So what do you think about this? I think we need to say that again. Attraction is less about weight than we think. Or, I mean, than most other people think. Because, to me, I've realized that in the past few years. So, I know it now. I didn't always know it. And there are way too many people that don't. And in this article, she even says herself that she was surprised that actually 20% prefer women of size to what she thought was going to be like a 2 or 3%. Right, right. So... She polled 28,000 heterosexual participants. Yes. Of a poll. Yes. And um, I, I found that that's true. Like, I used to think, and, and it is instilled in us, oh, you know, even, even when they say that men like 
women who are of a healthier weight or have a little bit more um, meat on their bones, as they say, like they still, you still have this idea that it has to be like that perfect body shape though. Like that hourglass. Like my hat. Yeah, like that hourglass figure. Like you got, you got a little booty and you got some boobs. That's what they mean. So you still have that idea in your head. But that's not true. Like, I think, I think I have found that it does, there are more men that genuinely are attracted more to the woman's personality and doesn't really her size doesn't really come into consideration as much like there's a lot more guys uh that feel that way than what i originally thought and females and females yeah i consider myself sapiosexual and i've also been criticized for using that term because there are more it's not that i don't find men attractive like there's definitely certain men that i find more attractive than others yeah just gauging their physical appearance yeah but sapiosexual means that i'm attracted more to somebody's mind personality interests yeah. that sort of thing uh, compatibility right then and then seeing their looks second maybe or, yeah. or third um, hey, and I'm not the only one. No. A lot of other people are like that. Yeah. Well, and because people have, you always hear that, you know, physical attraction is the first yeah. thing because you see someone first, which I understand that to a certain extent, but at the same time, there are a lot more people who are willing to get to know someone at least for, you know, a f at least talk to them and get a feel for them before you say, nah. Where a lot of people have that mentality of, if I look at you and I'm not attracted to you, then I'm not even going to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> well, I want somebody to find me attractive. I do too. I don't, I don't want to be with somebody that, um. They like my personality yeah. traits th that we get along in other ways, but they don't find me attractive. They find other women attractive. Right. No, no. You're, if you're with me, you're going to find me attractive. And I've had the struggle of, you know, I am overweight in my life. And so a lot of guys I dated preferred overweight women and so they didn't support my exercise efforts right they didn't support you know i couldn't celebrate and go i lost four pounds this week because then they'd be like oh yeah or like yeah i can tell because your yeah. boobs are smaller yeah like, whoa be negative about it <laughs> whoa that is not cool yeah um so i kind of i've and then there are guys that like fit body types that would not find me attractive now and maybe after I lose weight maybe they still wouldn't find me attractive right. then because I'll have loose skin or you know because of the things that happen to your body when it transitions right. into right. into weight loss but at the same time there's also people who may have 
like their ideal in their head, but yet when they start conversing with someone who isn't their ideal, they find that they're interested and that attraction becomes second. They, and they find grows. Yeah, because I, I can't tell you how many times there have been there's been a guy that has maybe approached me that I'm not necessarily that attracted to off of looks, but if you carry a good conversation and we have good witty banter, you know, back and forth, you know, if I can have a really good conversation with you and you make me laugh, you become like the sexiest thing. Like you're Brad Pitt to me. Yeah. Like I Yes. I mean, you may not look like what I ideally am looking for, but I don't know of very many, you know, big brooding lumberjack-esque <laughs> men that That's true. with tattoo. I, I mean, I'm, I can't hold out for, you know, that my entire life. Like, if, you know, some little short, which... Being six foot, like, that's still kind of, I'm, I'm working on the height thing. Because <laughs> a lot of guys are shorter than me. But, yeah. like, you know, if some, like, short, nerdy guy who's, like, really skinny comes along and I'm just like, oh, you know, he, he thinks I'm amazing and he treats me right and he makes me laugh and we have good connection. Like, I'm not going to be like, I can't date you because you don't look like a lumberjack. I'm sorry. I mean... Mm-hmm. You know. I am very attracted to my partner. Yeah. Physically and obviously yeah. emotionally. We, you know, we're bonded now. We've, yeah. We've got this connection and foundation established. Um, so I, I feel a little hypocritical. Yeah. Because I, I have both. I have yeah. both means of attraction towards him. But that just means you're lucky. It just means that it, that's just how it you happened. You lucked out. I and, just lucked out. And that's what happens. You just end up lucking out at some point. Like, you're going to go through all these different, you know, people. Some you may find attractive and, you know, things may go on for a while. Others, you're like, uh, yeah, no. And on to the next. <laughs> but, I mean, at some point, that luck happens. And you, you strike gold. I don't know when it'll happen for me, but <laughs> looking out for it. Actually, not looking out for it works better. Just doing me, and that's true. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm 31, but I'm I'm really not. Like I, I can't understand. I never have really understood the whole oh, I'm getting old I have to find somebody like if I don't find someone okay that's cool I'll go get a house on the beach get a bunch of corgis I'm good but I'll be the crazy corgi lady <laughs> but I'll come visit okay <laughs> you can snuggle with all the puppies and there will probably be cats because I just love animals so <laughs> well I uh, I came I searched for an article because um, since the last episode, I've been thinking about ways that I can contribute to the dating portion of our podcast. And um, what I think my relationship is really good at that I see other ones falter is that we encourage each other's personal growth 
um, and don't let it affect the relationship. I see a lot of people resist change and let's say let's say I am working out and I'm losing weight uh, another partner would see that and then become jealous and insecure that that they're not working hard on themselves and wouldn't handle that healthy healthily yeah. they would take that out on me and there would be resentment <clears throat> and they would then discourage and, and sabotage my journey or um, my boyfriend and I started this business together and that that definitely for me improves my personal growth too I don't know if it does so much for for him because he started other businesses before but um, it's just it's just great to be able to be in a relationship where I feel supported in bettering myself in various ways, career-wise, health-wise, uh, motherhood, um, with my podcasts, all this, all this stuff, right. different facets. And then I, I do the same for him too. So um, I found this article called Growing Together Separately by the Relationships Specialists about how to effectively do that. Um, we're not going to talk about it much. You can put it on the on the blog if people are interested. Okay. But, yeah, I, just my two cents on that. Like, uh, I think that this is especially um, helpful for any young couples because you are still growing as people. Definitely. Um, and I think a lot of the times, especially being from a small town, um, I've seen a lot of childhood romances where they mm -hmm. started in like junior high, high school, have grown up and they got married straight out of high school. So it's like they're with the first boyfriend or girlfriend that they ever had. And so you're going to be experiencing a lot of personal growth throughout your relationship you know, together and individually. So you have to really be able to support each other in any sort of instance. But also, you know, with more established couples, say the man and the woman, um, their incomes fluctuate. Like the maybe the man was right. making more money. Now the woman gets a promotion. She's making more money. Like you just have to be, if you truly have a successful Mm -hmm. loving relationship you have to have that support system with each other and each other's personal growth i mean life is about change everybody's going to change even you know yeah regardless of your age um you're going to go through changes especially as a younger per adult but also when you are older you're going to go through some more personal changes because you know with like retirement and things like that you start getting into, you know, a whole different mindset. And so you might want to start trying new things. So it, it's it's a never-ending thing. It so is never-ending. And the best thing you can do for yourself and for your relationship is to encourage. See, know what your partner's goals are. Yeah. And ask if you can help in any way. And sometimes it's 
letting that person come home from a stressful day and then just cuddling on the couch. Right. And other times it's, you know, I'm, I've had a really bad day. I need some me time right, right. now. Um, and, you know, it's whatever. Just communicate with your partner and, and don't not, be afraid of yeah. uh, of those changes. If you end up holding somebody back, there is going to be resentment. And, and it will be felt and known and... There'll be cracks in your foundation. Oh, yeah. So that's my cautionary tale. <laughs> uh, our next topic is uh, creative projects. I want to bring that in because I just talked about starting a business with my boyfriend. That was, uh, or is, Queen City Cinephiles. Um we had our premiere screening. What it is is a it's a film group that we started in Charlotte, the Queen City. And in our film group, we are going to be screening independent films and encouraging film discussion about those films. So we just had our screening, uh, not last night, but the night before. Oh, More clapping. Oh, it was so awesome. Um... It feels good to like have one yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, because we've been building up to it for three months or so. So, I, I, oh my gosh, it was amazing. We had, we screened 12 short films. Um, we've been working and trying to find a couple different venues, and now we have a, a venue that's solid, and we're oh, that's good. We're on the books for them for the rest of the year, so like we so don't that's have to off do your shoulders. Yeah, that's off our shoulders. Um, and now people that have been liking us on Facebook and on Twitter and following us now they know what to expect because it's happened. Right, and we know how to engage our audience, and we know. We're both um, pretty rigid in that this is where we want this to go. So, right. And we're both organized people, so we didn't really have any hiccups either. It was awesome. Um, I started the night with an introduction, and I, I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And here, of course, I cried. <laughs> but the audience was, you know, very understanding. Yeah. Um. And then we had uh, we had four blocks of short films, and some we had one Skype session with a filmmaker, and then we we had local filmmakers there that talked about their film, and then joined in discussion about the other films, and it was just great. That Yay, is my exciting creative project that is current and and ongoing. Uh, so if you like independent movies. Follow us at QC Cinephiles, Q-C-C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E-S, and you'll find out when our next screening is. Um, The next one is July 20th. It's at Petro's Bar. Used to be Petro's Piano Bar, now it's Petro's Bar. Hmm. Um, So it's awesome. Exciting. Yes, it's very, 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 very exciting. <laughs> and if also, if you have, if you are a filmmaker and you're listening, or you, some of your friends are, tell them to send their film submissions to qccinephiles at gmail.com. We're currently screening for our, well, actually, for the remaining screenings that we have on the books for the rest of the year. 
So it's Yay. exciting. That's my uh, that's my spiel about that. <laughs> and um, it incorporates different things, you know, as far as creativity goes. Yeah, I created the logo for it. Um, I've been picking the Cinephile starter packs. That's yeah. like our incentive for sharing our page. It's a pack of you know DVDs that yeah. that have a, a theme together. Um, I, I came up with the lineup of the film and my working with my partner. He yeah. he filled in the stuff that I'm not so good at, like communicating back and forth with. See? with the filmmakers and he has a, a job a day job that he can be online a whole lot more than I can yeah so he covers the our gmail our twitter our uh, facebook most mm-hmm. of the time I of course I have access I can still post that stuff too. yeah I just don't have the the freedom of time that that he does to be yeah. able to do that and that's why it's good to have a good partner oh my gosh I can't even <laughs> I can't even describe that's that support we were talking amazing. about. <laughs> I can't even describe how amazing it is. Um, I trusted him to to be on his shit. Yeah, I had anxiety two days before the event. Well, naturally. Now, and let me <clears throat> let me just break this down for you as far as uh, size, I guess. To compare, I'll have anxiety if I have a cookout. Or yeah, my daughter's birthday party. Yeah, I'll, I'll have anxiety in the day or that morning leading up to the party. Yeah, this, you know, this was a public event. I didn't know how many people were going to show up. Yeah, I didn't know what was going to go wrong. So my mind is racing. What's going to go wrong? What if the power goes out? What if we forget something? What if every um, scenario? Oh my gosh. going through your head. Every scenario. So what if Sharknado happens? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I had that two days before, but like by the, by the day before I was fine because I trusted myself and I trusted him and, and our, the other partners that we had. You had that moment of, like, this is going to go okay. We're going to be all right. Yeah. We're going to be all right. So if the power goes out, we'll say, Hey, the power goes, the power went out. What can you do? No, no sense. I mean, you can't do it. it. Yeah, you can't do anything about it till it happens. So, don't worry about it. What if nobody shows up? Well, I'll be there. (laughs) I'll kick back and I'll watch. Yeah. So, um, I encourage you to uh, start a project. I don't care what it is, just do it. Yes, and I have one, but it's secret, so I can't talk about it. We're not going to talk about hers right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting, but can't talk about it. Womp womp. Um, we have a topic of advice. And we've been calling for people to send us questions that they have, but we haven't gotten any. Yeah, it's still really early. It though. is. It so is early. So I understand. We expect that, you know, it'll trickle in at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. But think Come of on. something. Think, send some stuff. Yeah. Ask us a question about I lo- it. I love giving advice. I'm the advice queen. Actually... Most of the time, like, I, I, it's unsolicited. Like, oh, absolutely. I'll just, I, I am one of those people that will be sitting in like a waiting room and somebody who I have never seen before in my life will start telling me their life story. I know so many strangers' life stories that it, it's ridiculous. 
I guess I just have the face of somebody trustworthy. I, I mean, a lot of people do tell me that they know that they can come to me and I won't tell their business. So, I mean, but yeah, I, I always get the, um, the advice. Like, I do too. Especially sex advice. I used to sell sex products. Yeah. Sex toys. So I've gotten a lot of sex advice from my friends. I just don't happen to have any yeah. right now. But I encourage you. I am yeah. somewhat of a professional in that regard. So if you have sex questions, send them to me. If you have beauty and, and fashion I questions, I think Sam is probably going to be a better <laughs> one to answer those. But we still encourage them. Yeah. Dating advice? <laughs> Shit. We could both give you our I mean, I, like I said on the last episode, I am perpetually single, but I give some damn good relationship advice. <laughs> And I think it's because I know everybody else's relationship. Like, I, I'm telling you, single people sometimes have the best relationship advice. Because we see, we observe other people's relationships. And we see the faults in them, I guess. And right. also, I know at least with me, like, I know what I'm looking for. And I know what I don't want and what I do need and what I deserve. Like, I'm very, I'm very aware of what I want and I understand that that's you need to be aware of what you want um, for your relationships to actually work so I don't know I've always said that I was kind of like Dear Abby and Sue Johansson like all thrown into one well then our listeners so are we're kind of missing we're, out we're kind of like I'm the Dear Abby you're the Sue Johansson okay because you do this well I mean I I I also have taken friends to, like, Adam and Eve to do, like, their first time sex toy shopping. Yeah, I have to. Um, I got asked to. It's not always a good experience. It's a strange it's, experience it sometimes. Is, it can be. You have to be open-minded. Yeah. So. But anyway, send us, send us yes, your shit. Give us some advice. Yeah. The Please answer. tweet them to us. That's the best way that I can keep track of them. At Femmefaisant, F-E-M-M-E-S-F-A-I-S-A-N-T. Let's move on to self-positive. Okay. So, uh, call-out culture is getting talked about. Especially, I, I recommend uh, the Guerrilla Feminism page yeah. about it because they link, like, what is it, seven? Yeah, they gave at some least really articles good... for and against. Yeah, it's, it's very... It's kind of a neutral zone. It is. It is. So, I don't really know what I want to say about it other than maybe don't be so itchy to to let your triggered button be pressed. Yeah. And then don't don't call somebody out. I mean, for my personal experience, I probably call people out more than I should. And then I've had it happen to me. I was in a mommy group. And I had a picture of myself at a convention, and I looked fucking adorable. Let me just say that. <laughs> it was my profile picture on Facebook. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm picking, I'm picking me at my most adorable. Um, so, in this particular picture, I was at a convention um, in the dealer room, and I saw this gorgeous uh, hat that's got the rice paper hat structure. Yeah. But it's made. It was made of silk and had embroidery on it, and it was it was like this. Uh, you know the two tone fabric. 
that mm-hmm. you look at it from one direction, it's orange, and you yeah. look at it from the yeah. other, it's pink. So it, it had that yeah. element to it, and it was just it was just so pretty. Yeah. So I put it on, um, and then my boyfriend took a picture of me, and that was my profile picture. But the people in this group who don't know me, yeah, called me out, and they were like, "This is a ra- this is racist." And I'm like, what? I I needed some explanation. Yeah. Uh, long story short, we went. I went back and forth with people that day, and there was no understanding from their point of view that I wasn't wearing a rice paper hat to be culturally appropriating. Uh, the the slavery custom yeah. of having people plow you know rice fields in their rice paper hat. That's that's what people accused me of doing and said that the message I was sending. Um, that's that's what it was. That's what people said. Was the mess that the my image evoked in them. Um, mind you, people that were not. Um, that that didn't live a rice paper kind of life, um, nor nor people that went to conventions or even went anywhere for that matter, because a lot of them, a lot of them would go, where where would she even get a hat like this? And another would go, well, she's obviously in a convention. You could see people dressed up in the background, and somebody would comment, mm. well, is she dressed up as an anime character? Because if she is, then that's okay. But if she's not, then it is cultural appropriation. And then, and then I was like, "Look, uh, I look adorable in this picture, and it's not a rice paper hat to me. It is a hat that has that structure to it. Yeah, it's inspired by that. It's also a craft. A local craftsman sewed this. Yeah. Like this is to be admired." I have the hat. It's in my bedroom upstairs. Yeah. Um, it's quite quite beautiful. I I kinda think the cultural appropriation is a bullshit thing for people to use to call somebody out. For the most part, yes. For the most part. Um There are I have seen some very culturally insensitive things. Um if somebody's being culturally insensitive, they're an asshole, though. Yeah. Why does why do we have to have a, a specific label about it? Like to that me, doesn't make sense to me. To me, I don't understand. Like when it gets down to the point where you are calling out somebody for wearing a feather in their hair, or oh, that was another one, or somebody, somebody wearing braids that is not African American. See, I don't, I don't think that Which, that's cultural appropriation. We actually there are ways that I want to wear my hair, and I take my inspiration from different cultures. But also, on top of that, you're saying that I'm appropriating, or I'm just saying me, but right, right. Um, you're saying that someone is appropriating one specific culture, but there are many cultures that do a lot of these things like uh, like with the braids mm-hmm. vikings wore braids why are we not saying you're appropriating the viking culture 
why is it necessarily just one culture? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. and later on, as this as this cyber attack, as as I'm gonna call it, yeah, went on, um, I I changed my fro- profile picture. I was like, look, if it is offending this many people, fine, I will take it down. I still hold my stance that I don't agree. This is cultural right. appropriation, and that you're being a bully. Yeah. about it because you don't know me that's the social justice warriors in the um, world but then that wasn't good enough for some people yep. they went and looked at my other pictures and they found something a party that i went to two years ago two years prior to this that was a murder mystery party and i was given the role of an indian chief oh my god and so there are pictures of me, and and I remember getting the role of an Indian chief and going, oh, I don't want to be offensive to a Native American right. community here, so I'm not going to go and buy um, feathers from the craft store and right. then try to try to Susie Homemaker it up yeah. and and have that pass. I'm not going to do that because that would be offensive right. to me. So what I'm going to do, I like modern art anyway. I took construction paper and I cut very modern designs of feathers, not Native American feathers, not ostrich feathers. Right. Just very uh, color. I used color blocking. Yeah. So this shouldn't have relayed to any culture at all. Right. Just art. Right. I cut those out of construction paper and then with rubber bands I I banded them yeah. in my hair and I had I had a few of them. And so somebody called out my that picture from two years prior and they're like, clearly this woman has racist issues. Has no because one of, ever because of this picture where she's culturally appropriating the Native American culture for wearing feathers in her hair. It's like Have none of these people ever been fucking, in a Thanksgiving pageant when they were in like kindergarten because like i'm pretty sure you want me to dig through your family photos you were probably dressed as it is not cool it is not cool at all to go through my photo album and you're you had to look that's for a long time to find something that you could even spin it to be see be perceived that way so fuck you fuck you and when i saw that i was like i'm done with this group and i I uh, unsubscribed or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's like, I got called out for calling my hair kinky. Oh. Apparently, I'm not allowed to have kinky hair. I don't know what you'd call my hair, but it sure doesn't look a Brillo pad half the time. And, like, it's just... Is is the word kinky apparently, a negative thing? Um, it's apparently, just, kinky, it's a... apparently kinky is... According to the people who called me out, kinky is only for ethnic hair. Well, a white woman cannot have kinky hair. No, no. To me, so kinky Asian, is just a form of curl. Can Asian people not have kinky hair then? Apparently not. No, that's incorrect. Asian people do have kinky hair. I mean, some of them. Yeah. I mean, if you, kinky to me, when you're talking about hair is a specific type of curl it is more of a like it's a tighter crazy 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 (laughs) it's more of a frizzy right type tight curl yeah so 
I, and it's I just a, could not wrap my head around the fact that it was wrong for me to describe my own hair that I know what it, the texture is like. None of these other people know what my hair texture is like other than what they see on Facebook. And they were telling me that I was wrong in saying that my hair was kinky. Uh, and that I was being racist. And I was like... Well, I'm going to work on not being so quick to call somebody out. Yeah. Especially on an online forum. Well, my thing with call-out culture is it's fine to call somebody out if you do it with the... With the reminder that you're speaking to someone who may not understand what they said was wrong, like so coming you, at it from a person of it uh, from a point of view of educating yeah, of educating and not starting a war. And a lot of times I see um, people calling out people, but belittling them in the process, like basically saying you should know better. You should know this immediately. Like, I've run across many instances where people will say that they are in the right by calling out people the way they do because everybody should understand no matter where they're from or what their upbringing was or whatever. And I've actually used, like, my mom. I was like, but you have to think about it this way. You may have somebody, like my mother, who grew up in a completely different time and says something that maybe is a little bit racially insensitive, but that's because she grew I mean, she went to school whenever, she was in, I believe, high school whenever the um, schools actually became desegregated. So she grew up in a completely different time. So it's like the, the whole, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you can, it's just a little bit more difficult. So someone who doesn't necessarily get why things may be insensitive because when they were younger and developing, it didn't seem insensitive because it was just, yeah, that's what they were around. Norm, it was right. a social norm, right. so they were used to it. So now, whenever we're being called out on these things, people are so quick to say, well, you should know better. Not necessarily. Pe some people, especially whenever you... You have to be careful because you don't want to just go at it from a point perspective of trying to educate somebody and then do it so much that you're mansplaining. Right. You know, you don't want to do that either. Yeah. So just, it's, it's all very delicate. Be mindful. Be mindful. And be patient. Like somebody yeah, may not get it immediately. That's a good. That's a good advice. Just yeah. be patient with the person. Don't assume that if they don't, you know, turn around immediately, that they're, you know, resistant to the idea. You just have to. Sometimes you just have to, you know, get it into their head a little bit. Like you have to keep explaining, and pointing it out, and teaching them, and telling them things not jumping down their throat and belittling them and, you know, making them feel bad for whatever they said because not everybody has a negative intention when they say something. That, that is absolutely true. They just don't, they're just Give them a unaware. chance to apologize and learn. Yeah. We kind of touched on um, taking back bad descriptors in our, in our topics here that we've already talked about. 
Um, particularly when it comes to saying, oh, I feel fat. Yeah. Fat is not a feeling. Unless you actually touch touch it on your body. You can't feel fat. <laughs> Just saying. If you say, oh, I feel fat, that that means to fat people that the that being fat is a terrible thing. Yeah, because it's, it's like you're saying, well, what are, what are you saying when you say you feel fat? Yeah. Like, are you saying... Do you feel that, bloated? Do you feel bloated? Okay, well, understand that. So why don't you just say, I feel bloated? Mm-hmm. Um, and, or are you saying, oh, I feel useless and lazy, which I feel like that's a yeah. lot of what there people are times mean whenever I they... Lazy. Times I feel but, sloppy, like yeah. If you say, I, if you feel that that way, say that. Don't say, "Oh, I felt fat." Yeah, like because it also it, leads to, um, well, it doesn't lead to, but it ties into people with body dysmorphia, yeah. like myself. Which body dysmorphia means sometimes I look at myself, or pictures of myself, or pictures or reflections of myself in the mirror, and. There's a piece of my body that is exaggerated, sort of cartoony. Yeah. Um, so I'm working to working with a therapist actually to uh, get past my body dysmorphia. And it's hard when you when I come across and I see people going, I feel fat or I feel <sighs> ugly. Yeah. Um, just things like that. You know, and see, it's with, negative. Yeah, and with fat, like I said, you know, take it back. Take like a lot of, a lot of body positive role models. Um, you know, their thing is we're taking back this word. We're reclaiming right. this word. Just like a lot of feminists reclaim the word bitch. Bitch doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Bitch mm-hmm. just means you're a badass, and you stand up for yourself sometimes. And and a woman. Um, that is transforming her body to to become more muscular, yeah, or thinner. Um, can sometimes look at herself and go, that that particular angle of this picture makes me look like a linebacker. Yeah, you know, let's say because yeah. you can understand what a picture of that might look like. That's not a negative thing. Being muscular isn't a negative thing. Right. Being thin isn't a negative thing. Right. Having chicken legs isn't a negative thing. I mean, just... Embrace your body. And, yeah. And don't use these words as something ne- that... So many people... I love Lizzo. Yeah. For the way that she is taking back these bad descriptors yeah. like her website she's like i'm a fat dj yeah. i'm a fat feminist yeah um <laughs> she's amazing i just i love i love hearing other women because i don't have a problem saying i'm fat because to me i mean like my tagline is fat and sassy like that <laughs> fat sassy. i'm fat and sassy that is me if you need me to describe myself that's what it's gonna be and that's but, not a bad descriptor, neither of them. But, like, I love hearing other people actually just use the word fat freely. Like, mm-hmm. I just, whenever I f- hear somebody get kind of like, you know, like, fat, they get skittish saying it. Yeah, and they do. I'm like, why? I mean, it's, 
it's what it is. Like, if you're fat, you're fat. I mean, that's what the only reason there's any negative connotation to it is because you put that connotation on it. Like, well, you, because we grew up with fat jokes. Yeah. And because we, we've grown up with these commercials and, and other things that if you're fat, you're lazy and you're yeah. sick. Yeah. So let's get rid of all of that let's negative. take it back. Take it back. Take back the word. <laughs> Just say it. Uh, Roxanne Gay was on um, The Daily Show. Yeah, The Daily Show with uh, and Trevor Noah. I was like, couldn't think of his name for a second. She was promoting her new book. Yeah, it just came out, I think, last month or this month. I think it came out this month. Yeah, I think so, too, because it seemed like oh, it was fresh. Yeah. So in, in her interview with him, and you're going to put that on the blog, too. Yeah. She talks about how our culture hates fat people and how people put items in her grocery cart back. Yeah. That is not that is not an okay my grocery to, cart, I'd be mm-mm. That is not an okay way to treat people. There would be a clean up on aisle three. And how she was she was raped at a young age. Yeah. And, and so and and so a lot of her the weight that she put on was sort of subconsciously deliberate it was so an that emotional she, shield basically she thought that she would keep boys from liking her right because she was overweight she's like oh they don't like fat yeah. girls so i can I'll relate just be to that fat. i can relate to that i i know that a lot of the weight that i've put on um was a deliberate choice to to avoid being seen as a sex object yeah um so I really I love I love 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 this interview that she did yeah with Trevor Noah I I really need you guys to watch it <laughs> yeah and I, I especially love oh go, go ahead. ahead well it talks about slut shaming too like yeah. she was she was raped by classmates and and then those boys went back and told the classroom that she was wanting you know wanting to have sex with all those guys so. It's a, it's about anti slut shaming too. Yeah, and but and the thing that I really, um, I really not enjoyed, but um, whenever she they were advertising her um, coming into the office at another interview that she had, uh, it was for a podcast. Um, I think it was the No Filter podcast, but they were basically doing like a little advertisement for her interview, and they actually fat shamed her in their... How does that work? Okay. So basically what they said, uh, this is not word for word, but they were saying, will she fit into the office lift? How many steps will she have to take? What? Will they will the chair be comfortable enough for her six three super morbidly obese frame? And then like the what? Fo- yeah, and then the following sentence was, "This was none of this was disclosed with a mean spirit, but they were just trying to kind of, in their words, was basically just saying this is what she has to go through on a day to day basis, like thinking all of these things." But apparently they realized that maybe they didn't word that so well. No. 
and they ended up taking it down. Good. Um, but somebody got a screenshot beforehand, so. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Things that post on the internet live forever. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, that was, and she was just talking about how it was, it was, it's embarrassing. Like, that. that's the kind of thing that people think, like, <sighs> I mean, it's not untrue that you think about these things as a fat person, but but you're capable of thinking of them for yourself. Yeah, you like need, you don't need, you don't need anybody else trying to cater to what's like going on. You every life. I mean, yes, I do think that. I mean, she makes a good point that um, that really fat people don't really have a space in society. Right. Like, how many times do you go to the doctor's office and you're like? Is my ass going to fit in that chair? Like, do you have any chairs that don't have arms? Like, that's not... And, and it's not necessarily a fat thing either. Like, there are a lot of women that have wider hips, but they may be, you know, very slim. And they still have issues fitting into certain chairs. Yeah. So it's it's just about inclusivity. Like, come on, people. as In society, like, we need to, like become more aware of the different body shapes. Yeah. And that not everybody is going to fit into this tiny little, like, mm -hmm. this tiny little chair or this, you know, small office or maybe somebody who um, doesn't have the greatest mobility, you know, having to go up narrow staircase or some, you know, steep stairs, anything like that. Like, you just have to be more accessible like, I just know, you know, how many bathrooms have you gone into and even the handicapped stall is not even really actually accessible because the toilet paper holder yeah. is like squished up against the toilet. So there there's was, not enough room and it's down on the floor and it's like... There was actually one bathroom, one public bathroom yeah. in London that I went in. And I couldn't even close the stall door. It was that cramped. And that was not about my size. It had nothing to do with my size. That is exactly how our bathrooms at work are. Even the guys in the men's bathroom have said, you have to walk backwards and straddle the toilet so that you can open the door to get out. This was this was so awkward. You could tell it, it, was, it should have been like their broom closet or something. Yeah. Um, it was so awkward that the toilet was the side of the toilet basin mm -hmm. was touching the wall. Yeah. So you had no room for your leg to be there. Yeah. So you kind of had to sit on it a little, you know, at maybe a 30%, yeah. 30 degree angle. And then the toilet paper roll, of course, hit you in your hip right yeah. there, it, the which makes no sense at all. The toilet paper holder will be like right at your thigh, yeah. knee area. Then for us women, you have the sanitary disposal bin over on the other side in the same area. So basically your knees are together the entire time. Yeah. So and then the toilet... Can't between to wipe. No. And even to get to the toilet paper, you have to like bend down and like do like some weird arm contortion yeah. to like get the toilet paper. Well, before you're doing that, you're unbuttoning your pants or hiking your skirt up. And if I can't sit on the toilet with my knees not blocking the door from shutting, 
Right. Like, that's not a weight thing. I am short. I have these short legs. So if my knees won't fit, a tall person or a person of average height is definitely not going to be able to I can't tell you how many times I have hit my head on the little purse hook. Oh, my God. Whenever I stand up because the door is so close and I'll hit my head on it or I'll headbutt the door. Oh, my God. That's I'm that close. (laughs) It's, It's terrible. Like... People are not mindful when they do these, like, designs and put these items in public places. You have to take into consideration that there are many, many different shapes and sizes of people. Not everybody is going to fit. And that was, and, you know, she's basically just saying that mainly, you know, fat people don't have a space in society and we have to constantly think about the space we take up yeah when it do. comes to anything i mean especially flying and yeah because there's i mean carpooling there should not have to be groups that are dedicated to giving advice on flying while you're fat there should not have to be somebody that you have to go and you have to ask advice and questions because you're fat and you're getting on an airplane it should be or a bus or anything Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to go and say well what cars are fat friendly what car you know or it's ridiculous (laughs) (sighs) well we have one more topic that we're going to talk on and that is um feminism in islam so uh, in Germany, there is this feminist, and I'm going to pr- probably mispronounce her name. I apologize. I definitely would butcher it. So. I think it's Seyran Ates. Ates. I, I apologize. I don't know. I don't know who she is. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. And in Germany, she's... Um, creating, she's redesigning Islam mosques to allow the female church members to pray with the the male church members for for their space to be co-ed. Whereas it's been traditional that I didn't even know this. It's been traditional that men pray in the mosque and women have to pray separate from them. Even if that means piling in the bathroom or the coat closet or whatever. I mean, see, this is, this is informative because I I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess whenever you think about it, like there is such a separation of male and female Mm -hmm. um, that that makes complete sense while not making sense at all. Yeah, yeah. It's something that we would have taken for granted. Yeah. Because we have yeah, we more of have a, to worry about we that. We have more of a of a privilege to yeah. to that that we haven't had that struggle. Exactly. So, um I'm not Islam. Um <laughs> I'm atheist, honestly, so it's interesting for me to read about this. Yeah. And I I promote this effort to rebuild mosques and allow a co-ed prayer service i i'm not like i i grew up going to like 
Baptist churches, Methodist churches, but I don't really um, get into organized religion. But I love when there are things like this in religion that are so positive. Yeah, because one yeah, of the yeah. reasons why I'm against organized religion, well, not against, but just not into it, is because I've seen so much um, negativity towards other religions. Like, if you don't believe exactly the way we believe, then something's wrong. I don't like that. I, I think as a religious person, you should be, you should have the mindset that everyone has their own thoughts and beliefs and you just let them have their thoughts and beliefs mm-hmm. while you have yours. Be respectful. Be respectful. Yeah. Um, you may not agree with them, but that doesn't mean that you have to, you know. Don't instill your values on Yes, them. exactly. So I love whenever you see this sort of positivity. Absolutely. In religion. I agree. That's why I picked that article. Yeah. Well, that's how what we have for you here on our, I think this is our 10th episode. Well, this is the Femme Faison 10th episode. Yes. This is our second, Holy episode my second episode with Samazon. Thank you for joining me again. Yes. And being the excellent Always co-host fun. that you Always are. Always fun. We will catch you next time. Um, tweet us your advice questions or even just share share articles with us that you want us to yeah. talk about. Anything you want to talk about, anything you want to see on the blog, mm-hmm. um, definitely check out the blog. We are definitely more active on Facebook and Twitter than, yeah. than I have been in the past. Like, our Facebook will have, between you and I, Yeah, that's kind of blowing up. Yeah. We got a lot of articles that oh, well, you I get, and I share throughout the day. I see a lot of stuff or on Facebook that I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Missouri. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, um, Missouri and North Carolina. If you follow, true, if you follow us on Facebook... Um, you, I encourage you to go ahead and post or share articles with us there, too. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. Have a lovely weekend, my beautiful femmes. Good boy. That was weird. <laughs>